them hips don't lie. Oh, damn. No wonder the Kardashian children like them. Yes. And their eyes are freaking huge. They look like they've been facetuned. Yes. Oh, my God. The hips don't lie. Shit. They got a BBL. LOL surprise. OMG. Neonlicious fashion doll. <laughs> Looks like she got a BBL. It does. <laughs> OMG. LOL. BBL. <laughs> that, that's an SNL skit. Can someone contact Colin Jost? Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Today, we're discussing how to launch a celebrity brand the right way, which makeup icon has her own Barbie, and the YouTube beloved brand that is sadly shutting down. And I'm talking about a face cream and self-tanner hybrid that leaves my skin bouncy and sun-kissed. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How you feeling, Kerbs? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I have been doing neti pot every day. Okay. Clean out my sinuses. I've been popping... Claritin and Advil, like it's my job. Great. I have been using my canopy humidifier. Oh, okay. Which, side note, kind of also works like a sound machine at night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I ended up trying it for the first time last night. And Canopy is this like new at home humidifier situation. They just partnered with Ulta. They brought in Ali Webb to be president. Mm hmm. Allie Webb of Dry Bar. Y'all are probably familiar with her. And it's supposed to be a sanitary version of a humidifier where you don't have to worry about using distilled water or whatever mm -hmm. because it has these paper filters and all this stuff. Well, Sarah, mine didn't come with a filter. So then what are you using? Coffee filter? No, I'm using a distilled water okay. instead of just like whatever kind of water. Yeah. Because I have to use distilled water for my neti pot. And I used it last night. It was really easy to like turn on and figure out. And... Quinn was immediately suspect. She was like trying to protect me from it. Barking at it. Yeah. She was like, what the hell is this thing? But it rocked me right to sleep. And I felt like it did help my breathing situation a little bit more. So. Oh, good. Okay. Happy to hear all of this. Moving forward, feeling better-ish. I don't know. I feel like my allergies are out of control. Oh, mine too. For those that don't live in LA, like Super Bowl week, it was... 90 degrees here yeah. every day. Now the highs are 60. I'm getting whiplash from this weather. It's like all four seasons in one day. Yeah, it's wild times. Same day health. I should have a membership at this point. They should offer memberships. Yeah. And you know what? When you're getting tested for something like COVID, they should also test for like other shit. So they can be like, oh, actually you have this. You know what I mean? Can they? I guess if like every well or whatever that brand is that can test for like all the different allergies and whatnot, like they should partner. Look at us coming up with business ideas for free. <laughs> You're welcome. Free. How are you? I'm good. This week has been nuts. 
we're recording this on a Friday, so I'm excited that the weekend is approaching. And yeah, no, it was a really fun week. I like was amongst the people, which was nice to be among people again and like doing normal event things, but shit ton of work, but all good things. We'll have to talk about somebody you met coming up in our news section, which was, I was very upset to not be able to partake in. No, but you were there in spirit. Let's get into what's What's on on your face. face. Love it. Love it. Okay. So one event that I actually missed this week out of an abundance of caution. Why did I almost say abundance of precaution? Wow. Crazy. Okay. Abundance of precaution. (laughs) That could work too. So I got a spray tan for the first time in literal years on Tuesday with my girl Alex at Tan Lux. I feel like a brand new woman. I'm just like, I am tan. (laughs) I've got a tan. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I didn't have to scrub myself. Patrick didn't have to scrub my back. It was a miracle. And the reason why was on Tuesday before I started feeling not well, I was going to be going to this event on Thursday night for Tan Lux. They launched a brand new product and they were doing portrait sittings. And I was like, oh my God, I need portraits taken so bad. Yeah. Brunette Kirby needs portraits. Like who is this blonde woman in all of these headshots? Right? Like when I have to send my headshot out, I'm like, who is she? Who is she? I don't. Who is this girl that I see staring straight back at me? I don't know. (laughs) So they launched this new product. And if you're not familiar with Tan Lux, one of the reasons why I really love this tanning brand is that they kind of approach everything like skincare. So if you are a devout self-tanner, you do not like to tan in the sun, like yours truly, you devote your time and efforts to getting a tan the fake way, but you also want to do the skincare of it all. Tan Lux is kind of my jam because oftentimes with self-tanners, because of the way they dry, there's a lot of alcohol in them. So if you use them on like your body or your face, like sometimes with self-tanners, I can get breakouts on my chest Mm -hmm. or on my back. Or on my face. And that's just because I feel like the alcohol, even if I put moisturizer on top the next day, it's sucking the life out of my skin. So they launched this product called the cream on Thursday. And I have to say, I'm a really big fan of it. So Mm. it comes in an aluminum tube, which I love. And it also has one of those keys. What are they called? You know, the keys that you wrap it around to get every last morsel out. Yep. Love those. They're the best. It has amino acids, antioxidants, and, you know, a bunch of other ingredients to help support your barrier function and protect from free radicals and all that stuff. So you can use it day or night. It is, Sarah, I feel like you would probably not use this because there is like the self-tanning element to it. I mean, maybe you would, I don't know. But if this was just a cream without the gradual tan, I think this would be your jam. Mm. It just feels like you're drenching your skin in moisture. Mm-hmm. But then when you wake up, your skin just has this really beautiful glow, but not like overly so, which is my worst nightmare. I used to always spray my face or like buff my face with product to get my tan on. And I still do sometimes, but inevitably I would always wake up with like pimples, like little whiteheads because of the alcohol component of it all. This, no ma'am. I just feel like this is a product that I'd be using no matter what in my routine And the fact that it also gives me a glow is awesome. I am a big fan. And they also make 
these serums as well. They're these clear serums with hyaluronic acid for the body and the face. And honestly, Sarah, it reminds me so much of Necessaire's body serum, mm. but with gradual tanner in it. Ooh, that's great. That's like the best of both worlds. Legit awesome. So this cream is $50. Definitely. I mean, honestly, at first I was like $50, but I think for me as someone who looks better with the glow, it helps mask my melasma and it's giving me the glow without the pimple situation and the dryness. I think it's well worth it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I need to look into the body stuff because even though I, I don't really use tanners or self-tanners, like for, you know, vacations, swimsuit season, when you just want to even out your, your bod. Yes. And that's the thing too. I remember Jess Cruel before she became Miss Thang. Miss big old editor in chief. <laughs> yes. At Allure, when we were working together at Pop Sugar, I was talking to her and she was like, you know what? I really like this Saint Tropez self-tanner. And I kind of like gave her a look like, what? She's like, I know, I know. It's crazy. I never thought I'd use a self-tanner, but it just evens out my skin tone so nicely. So, you know, self-tanning doesn't have to just be for us basic white bitches. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my midsection is a completely different color than like my arms, especially in the summer, because I'm not like walking around in a crop top all the time. Totally. And I just feel like Again, like I mentioned, I have melasma. So when my face is tan, it kind of just evens it out in a way without me having to do that much legwork. So if you are looking for skincare infused with a glow that like literally makes you look tan versus like illuminated, I guess you could say. Yeah. Calling Amanda Montel with all this language, glowing, glistening, all this stuff. Check out Tan Lux. We're going to link it in our show notes. And it's going to be in our shop, my shelf. Great. I can't wait to try this brand. Thanks, Curbs. We've got a lot of beauty news to break down. A lot of celebrity beauty news. Boy, oh boy. So as y'all know, we had the lovely Scarlett Johansson and her founder, Kate Foster Langiel, on the pod last Tuesday. And the outset launched officially on Tuesday, March 1st with skincare. There's what, five SKUs? Yeah, five SKUs. And the lip lotion, by the way, if you listen to that episode, is not available yet. There have been, count it, supply chain issues. So that is not available yet, but we will let you all know certainly when it is. Sarah, I'm still using the products and I'm still very much enjoying them. I know. I really like the products too. I finally got like the actual products. I stopped using the samples and the packaging is so cute. I love it. And I actually talked about the outset on KTLA last week and Kate and I had been texting about how Kate and Scarlett describe the outset to people kind of like an elevator pitch is that it's like the white t-shirt of skincare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I was talking about on the news is that it's just like it's all your essentials, plays well with the rest of your beauty wardrobe. Yes, I think that's the most important component of it. The plays well. Oh, yeah, totally. We may have talked about this on the last episode, but that's like especially for the consumer right now who is very savvy. They like the active serums that they use and they're not going to give those up, but maybe they're looking for just a nice, you know, lightweight moisturizer to use in conjunction with it. Like 
this is a great skincare brand to like supplement your already, you know, your active serums, your retinoids, your vitamin Cs and whatnot. And the fact that like anyone can use it, like you pointed out last week is like, this is something that you can use and know that you're not going to break out the next day. Yeah. So I think one good example that is like a personal example, I dermaplane my face and I cannot tell you how many times I've dermaplaned my face and then used a product that claims to just be hydrating and gentle. And then my face is on fire. Same. And it's like red. Yep. And it's happened so many times that like there's a a serum that I typically just use afterwards or like moisturizers and just call it a day. But I have been dermaplaning and obviously using this brand to like get as much interaction with it as possible, especially before they came on. And I have had no problems, no stinging, no irritation. I really do feel like the selling point is that it plays well with others. This is your baseline. Mm -hmm. I honestly am kind of shook because I said this, I didn't think this was going to be my thing. I just didn't think I was going to care that much. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, squalane daily moisturizer. I know. I know. Same. Shooketh. Shooketh to my core. Well done. Everyone on this pod knows that we're fans now, but I encourage everyone to try it out. Try a product out. Then we have K, which is Winnie Harlow's line. This announcement of a launch was last week. That's when they like did all of the launch stuff. I saw a bunch of editors in New York, Matter and all that good stuff. And that officially launches, I believe, March 22nd. Sarah, do you want to talk about what this brand is? Yes. Okay. So K-Skin... It is honoring Winnie Harlow's Caribbean heritage. The entire line is skin, sun, and body care that's really lightweight, really breathable, protects all skin tones and types, and a lot of the ingredients used in K-Skin are island-based, again, honoring her Caribbean heritage. K is named after K as in the Caribbean, like the little islands. Obviously, Winnie Harlow is such a face. Everyone knows who this beautiful model is. And I was really excited by it. I have not personally tried any of her products. I know that, you know, Amanda Mitchell on my team Refinery has. But yeah, I'm really curious about this sunscreen because like Kirby and I were talking about offline before recording this, it is very bold to launch a brand with a sunscreen. That is a bold move. Yes, exactly. Did you ever read the book, The K? Yes. When I heard K, initially I was like, this has to be, you know, obviously an homage to Winnie's heritage, but then I just could not stop thinking about the book, The K. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I read that in like fourth grade. I was going to say fourth grade. Yeah. We should not be reading this in fourth grade. It was too much. It was like, it went all over my head. It was like Lord of the Flies, The K. (laughs) Come on, man. Yes. Sarah and I were pretty impressed that she launched with SPF. I have not tried the products. Have you? No, no, I haven't. Mm -mm. Okay. So I can't speak to whether they deliver or not, but the amount of effort and money that goes into launching with SPF right out the gate, that is impressive to me. So looking forward to trying those products. Then we have Miss Gwen Stefani. Sarah, how in the hell do you say her brand name? G-X-V-E? Yes. So... The reasoning behind the GX is because ever since Gwen was little signing her name, it was G with an X, like G kisses. And this line is all about 
Actually, I was like, is there a charitable aspect to this? Oh, no, there's not. Okay. So you're, it's all about giving, though. And I think it's like giving the <laughs> opportunity to express yourself through the makeup. That's the give of it all. I'll be honest, this acronym does not make sense, though. Like, I understand that it's supposed to be like G-I-V-E, G-X-V-E. I know. But G-X does not indicate like... Give. No, it doesn't. What does it mean? Like Gwen kiss V? Like, you know what I'm saying? No, no, I know. It's it's a reach. It's a reach. It's, it's a reach. It's a reach, but it, it is cute. It's a it's very Gwen. It's cute. And I'm after yesterday. Okay. Okay. So let's just get down to it. Sarah was seated <laughs> next to Miss Gwen Stefani at this brunch. I may be a little jealous because I could not be there. I know. I know. Poor Kirby was sick. Um, but yeah. Okay. So we went down to Anaheim, which if you're a fan of Gwen Stefani, you know, she is from Anaheim, Orange County. And they didn't tell us where we were going. And we show up at this restaurant that's in a strip mall that's like smack dab in the middle of Anaheim. And it's called Mama Cosa's. And it is Italian restaurant that has been around forever. It was the first restaurant that Gwen's parents had their first date on. Um, it's a restaurant that she remembers going to like every Friday with her family. They would get like takeout pizza um, as a treat. And she was in the Girl Scouts with the owner's daughter, like ever since, you know, they were little. And so it has a really big meaning um, to Gwen. And um, I was very lucky to have some time to interview her before the event too she was just like such a joy so kind like so complimentary like when I first sat down and I swear I looked like a hot mess because I was like hauled my ass from Hollywood from KTLA and she just was so grateful that any of us were there to like celebrate or even try her makeup brand she like got emotional she was like starting to cry because like you know obviously one of my questions was like why now like why are you launching a makeup brand now you could have done this 20 years ago and everyone would have been so stoked like everyone has always known you for like your signature eyeliner your red lip your eyebrows you know blonde hair and she said that because of everything that happened with her family a few years ago like she's like the tragedy of it all the divorce yeah so and she okay. won't she won't say that word oh she mentioned the tragedy twice at the event and she like won't say the word divorce whoa okay wow obviously it's like a big deal and she's yeah it was upped up she has three kids and you know that was a big part of who she was but anyway so she was you know talking about the big tragedy that happened and how she really wanted to do something for herself and something that you know she was really passionate about and she's always been really passionate about makeup she was a you know she used to work at makeup counters in anaheim she obviously like always loved doing her makeup and this line is just everything that she loves. So it's got the red lip in three different formulas. It's got a jet black gel eyeliner. It's got brow products. There's an eyeshadow palette and I, and there's actually a facial oil, which I thought was a really interesting addition to like the lineup of products that they were offering. I also, in addition to being seated next to Gwen, which like, I was like, I'm not eating. I can't eat. 
How do you eat lunch next to Gwen Stefani? Across from me was the woman who I think was sort of like behind maybe like creating the actual products. So she had come from About Face. She had spent a lot of time at Urban Decay. And so she was like very legitimately like a beauty girl through and through. And she was just like talking about how involved Gwen was and how excited she was about these products. So I have only tried the lip product and it is like... If you're looking for like a transfer proof, long wear, red lip that is not going anywhere, this is going to stay on your lips. Really? Um, yeah. Like I put it on at the lunch yesterday and then like, you know, I was like talking and eating and all this stuff. And then like Zoe and I were getting ready for dinner and I looked in the mirror and it was still there. Like I had done so much and it was still on and it was comfortable too. And I have, you know, really dry lips. So I was really impressed by that. I'm excited for you to try the products. Obviously we are always approaching these celebrity beauty bands with a critical eye and does the world need give beauty and Gwen Stefani beauty? No, they don't. But I think that there's definitely an audience for it. And I think, oh my God, first of all, by the way, when we left the restaurant, there were a shit ton of fans who found out that she was there just like waiting for her with like blankets of her, her face on it. There were children, there were old people. Like it was crazy. Like she, I, obviously like being there and being around her, like you're reminded of like how much of an influence she's had on so many people at different points of their lives. But like when I stepped out and there were just like these huge amount of fans of like different ages, I was like, Jesus Christ, people like freaking love Gwen Stefani. Well, that's why you create a beauty brand as a celebrity, right? Exactly. But I do think also we need to circle back and just say like, you can't just make a brand for your fans because you have a fan base. It sounds like she just made this because she wanted to make it based on what you said. Like she doesn't really care if it performs well. It's like just something she wanted to do. Yeah, she hopes that it's a hit. She hopes that people who love makeup will recognize and appreciate like the efforts that she put in. If you are someone that likes really strong, pigmented, a lot of color payoff, long wear, you know, makeup that can withstand, you know, all day long activities and performing on stage, if that's something that you do, like this is something you might be interested in. But yeah, this was not a question of like, there was a white space and I saw it, you know, it's not that. It's because she loved makeup. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm obviously going to try the products. I am curious to see, you know, what else the brand launches. Yeah, I think there was mention of foundation. Oh, wow. Okay. Like really going for it. Also, I just need to say, the woman, I wanted to ask her, like, who she goes to, like, for her face. It's extremely well done. She is flawless. Maybe there is, like, <laughs> a lot of Botox happening, sure. But she looks really, really good. I mean, I interviewed her for her Urban Decay collab a couple years ago, and I was shook. I'm just like, how are you, how do you look like this? Yeah. How are you 52? 52, and she looks like she did when she was 22. I don't know. I, listen, I don't want to just push a facelift on everyone, but I'm telling you, there are tasteful, undetectable facelifts and I'll be getting one and y'all aren't even going to fucking know what's going on. <laughs> that, like, I'm going to get one in three years and y'all are going to be like, Kirby, you aged backwards. I'm like, I know. It's crazy. Oh my God. You and Pharrell and Gwen Stefani just aging backwards. All of us getting facelifts together. No, I don't. I don't think that Pharrell got it. I don't think Pharrell got a facelift. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We can't obviously say that. <laughs> I will just say she's a beautiful woman. Blake Shelton's a lucky man. Oh, Blake Shelton. 
Say what you want. I love Blake Shelton. He's funny and tall, right up my alley. All right, speaking of beautiful faces, Dame Pat McGrath gets her own Barbie. So this is actually, like, I'm buying this Barbie. It's iconic. So Barbie honored Pat with a -a one-of-a-kind doll. Um, It's to celebrate Women's History Month. I mean, Pat is one of the most influential makeup artists of all time. And she has been named to the brand's female founders lineup for 22, which includes business leaders and role models whose inspiration will help shape the next generation of female entrepreneurs. And what I freaking love about it is it looks just like Pat. The outfit. She has her headband, her giant headband, her long, beautiful hair, her gorgeous skin. Her oversized black button down. Yes. It looks like Pat. Yeah, it's like a curvy doll. It's a curvy doll. Yes, exactly. So she obviously is being honored. Shonda Rhimes is another one that I want to get. Shonda Rhimes is being honored. And so is Ari Hori and Tajen Onoran. Ari Hori is founder and CEO of Women's Startup Lab. You have Shonda Rhimes, Obvi. Celia Cruz, salsa singer. There's so many amazing, like Julie Bishop, Chancellor of the Australian National University, Naomi Osaka, tennis player. So there's a lot of different types of role models. There is nary a blonde woman to be found, which makes sense because every Barbie known to mankind has been blonde, (laughs) blue eye. Also, Barbie herself is like, "Uh uh-uh, no more, no bonds, just me. Yeah. She's like, sorry. Barbie's like a pop star in that way where she's like, listen, I'm the blonde. My backup dancers all must be brunette or redheads. Yes. Basically. So if you are interested in sharing different types of role models with your children and you love beauty, pick up Dame Pat McGrath. Yeah. I can't wait. I didn't see when these are going to be available, but. I can't wait to buy one for Zoe. Yeah, no, I'm buying them for myself. I want them in my makeup room. I want Pat and I want Shonda. Like, yeah, this is mage, mage on so many levels. Fun little story. My sister, Michelle, used to work for Barbie for so long. She was working there when she got engaged and got married. And her gift to us as bridesmaids were our own Barbies. So I have my own Barbie. But like, I need like an update because that was a senior in, in high school. But she looks like me. Wait, we have to post this on the grid. I need to find it. I love it. But like she needs like a update. Remember when that there was that Barbie and people were like, Kirby, is this you? It looks like me. There's a Barbie that I'm like, oh, my God, this is me. It's like a curvy Barbie. Hold on. Curvy Barbie blonde hair. I'm going to show you and you'll have to decide if you think it looks like me. Where is she? Yeah, this. <laughs> it's when I was blonde. <laughs> Stop. No, people were like, Kirby. I'm not kidding. This was like <laughs> four or five years ago. People were like, Kirby. There is a Barbie that I swear to God looks just like you. I think it's because she has a square jaw. Okay. Okay. If you look at it, she has a square. I mean, I don't have blue eyes. I don't look like. Also, she has the really aggressive microbladed brown brow with the blonde hair, which I did definitely have at one point. And I remember people being like, Kirby, this looks like you. And I'm like, I could kind of see it if I, but I'm not blonde anymore. So now I need a Barbie with brunette curtain bangs. Yeah. 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 Let's make that happen. Barbie. I was at my sister's house yesterday and my niece, who is nine, I'm really bad at ages. She has like every doll known to man, like every single because my sister worked at Barbie and then like she worked at Hasbro. So Kenzie has literally every doll. So I'm like 
Zoe, you're set. But she has these dolls that apparently, according to my sister, are just as popular as Barbie dolls. And they're OMG LOL dolls. Yes. OMG LOL dolls. Kim Kardashian's daughter, Chicago, had an OMG LOL party with Stormy, I think. Have you seen what these dolls look like? I mean, talk about curvy dolls. These girls, them hips don't lie. Oh, damn. No wonder the Kardashian children like them. Yes. And their eyes are freaking huge. They look like they've been facetuned. Yes. Oh, my God. The hips don't lie. Shit. They got a BBL. LOL surprise. OMG. Neonlicious fashion doll. <laughs> Looks like she got a BBL. It does. <laughs> OMG. LOL. BBL. <laughs> that, that's an SNL skit. Can someone contact Colin Jost? Lastly, there is some more upsetting brand shutdown news. If you know what Makeup Geek is, you were probably very, very invested in YouTube beauty tutorials from like 2014 to like 2018. And Makeup Geek was very much hyped up by influencers and YouTubers on the platform. Marlena Snell is the founder of Makeup Geek, and the brand announced today that they would be shutting down come April and that everything is 40% off on the website. The brand is citing COVID as to why the brand shut down and that they are heartbroken, but it must be done. I don't know. I'm starting to think about this a lot because I have some word on the street that some of these big brands that really thrived on YouTube as a platform and partnered with influencers in a very big way are not performing as well as they would like us to think. And so it makes me wonder, is this a trend? You know, I loved Becca Cosmetics. Because of Jaclyn Hill? I mean, not because of Jaclyn, but Champagne Pop is like what really got me interested in the brand as a whole. And then obviously I loved the Chrissy Teigen palette. Yes. And I actually still have a Becca palette that's like a winter theme palette that's gorgeous. And I still use it to this day. I don't care if it's expired. Sorry to my skin. Becca was like, they really killed it at collabs they killed it at collabs but can your brand survive what is your brand standing on how can you differentiate your brand from another brand that thrives only because it partners with huge names time after you know what i mean like yeah i feel, I feel like the products have to speak for themselves i know that makeup geek was like very affordable but Honestly, sometimes I would get Makeup Geek and Morphe confused with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like price points were similar and products were similar at times. And it like sort of came up at the same time. Yes. So I don't know. I feel like these brands who thrived off of the name of, you know, big influencers at the time, I feel like we're going to see more and more of them starting to disappear because it's not enough that you're like super affordable. What are you making that is differentiating yourself from everybody else? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's, you know, a new guard of makeup influencers on TikTok and elsewhere, like actually true makeup artists, maybe like on Instagram and less on the YouTubers, which is not breaking news. We all have seen this trend. So yeah, I think we are seeing like the result of all of that, this shift in who people are turning to this shift from YouTubers to celebrities. 
Yeah. So if you have Makeup Geek products that you're obsessed with, go to makeupgeek.com and everything is 40% off now. But on that note, when we were talking about, you know, the shift in who people are turning to for makeup inspiration or makeup products, we're seeing more celebrities. Obviously, we talk about a celebrity launching a brand every single episode on Los Angeles. So Kirby and I wanted to talk about things that we beauty editors and people who have been working in the beauty space and have talked about every celebrity beauty brand that has launched over the last 10 years, what we would suggest doing, how to properly launch a celebrity brand in our humble opinion. We feel like there's just so many celebrity brands launching and it's not going to stop anytime soon. And we have a pretty good handle on how we feel about them, depending on so many different factors. And it's our job to try them all. So my personal goal is to write a like a wellness check on all of these (laughs) celebrity beauty brands, where they are now, what's going on, have they launched anything? You know, why aren't they thriving? Are they thriving? So instead, we're going to just go through a few things that we think that could help brands in the future. Okay, here we go. I'm not going to harp on this one. You've heard me say it a thousand times. Do not name your brand after yourself. Do not do it. Nobody cares. It's honestly like a vanity play. If you actually have a good fan base, I think people are going to like your brand if it's not named after you. If you have to use your name to sell the brand, you have bigger problems. 100%. Okay, next. This is something Kirby and I talk about a lot too. Don't try to be a know-it-all, especially if you're just like a celebrity that has nothing to do with beauty, no experience. Hire someone as a co-founder who knows what they're doing, who has experience in the industry, an ambassador who knows what they're doing, who can help with the creation and ideation of the products, team up with a dermatologist, a makeup artist who knows what they're doing, who has the job and experience. Like, I think that that's not a hard thing to do. And there are so many brands that launch and they don't do this. And it, it like makes me scratch my head. Because the fact of the matter is nobody is going to think you as a celebrity knows what you're talking about straight up. It just makes you more credible when you have, a you know, legitimate people backing you. And I'll say this, like, I know Selena Gomez didn't launch with like a co-founder or anything. But one thing that she did right is that like her entire team that she partnered with on this came from very well-known brands that understood every single thing about the market and what people were looking for and trends. So, you know, when Rare Beauty launched, they had Liquid Blush, which was like just starting to become really popular again. And, you know, I think she also innovated in a few ways, which we'll get to in a minute. But like Scarlett, I think one thing that attracted us to her even was Obviously, Sarah knew Kate, but like her having a co-founder that understands the space and understands like the ingredients of it all. That's interesting. You know, even Rihanna. Rihanna was like the first really big celebrity that decided to go all in on beauty, right? She's the one that kind of kicked it off, but she didn't go into it saying, yeah, I'm doing my own makeup. Like Priscilla Ono has always been her day one. Mm -hmm. I know she works with Sean Garrett from Mm -hmm. time to time for Mm -hmm. Fenty Skin. So, 
even though we trust Rihanna because, you know, she obviously knows her shit. (laughs) She had people backing her up to kind of legitimize her in very particular ways. Same with Alicia Keys and the dermatologist Mm -hmm. that she partnered with. If Alicia Keys just decided to come out with skincare, I don't know if I would really care. But having somebody like a dermatologist who had formulated another successful skincare brand in the past, I think makes it more interesting. Totally. So I touched on innovation when it comes to Rare. For me, it's not enough just to create a brand because you want to, honestly. Like, are you filling a certain type of white space? You know, Selena focused on mental health, which was like a big contribution to her brand. But I think she also came out with things that were really interesting. Like I'm showing Sarah right now her compact that she launched with. It's definitely like a bigger compact, but it has a a nice mirror. It has the blot and glow blotting sheets. And then one of those powder puffs that's filled with powder. So it doesn't make a mess and it just takes the shine away. Like this is something I carry with me at all times, just because I know I'm super oily and it's almost like a makeup artist travel kit that they give their clients before they hit the red carpet. Mm -hmm. That to me was really interesting. You know, Rihanna... Her big focus was diversity. She wasn't the first person to do it, right? Like Lancome and MAC have been providing tons of shade selection for decades at that point. But Rihanna also really leaned into her blackness as well. Yep. From the name of the products to making sure undertones were right and creating a color spectrum for things like blushes that maybe normally wouldn't be provided, like these really vivid oranges and even purple shades that... At the time, I felt like people were like, who would wear those? And now everyone's like, get purple blush on my face. Is there anyone else that you think has done really good, a good job in this space? Halsey about face. Oh my God. Halsey. Halsey. We bow to Halsey. She has killed it. We need to get Halsey on this podcast. (laughs) I freaking love her stuff. We really do. I mean, just the variety of colors how pigmented everything is and the formulas are so good it's like an artistry makeup brand the size of everything it's a little bit you know the liquid lips a little bit smaller than what you may normally use but I feel like I can put that in my pocket I can put it in a fanny pack I could put it in my purse also the packaging's all like really innovative too It doesn't look like everything else that's out there. So much of the packaging nowadays, it all looks the same. It's all in the like same off-white cream colored, you know, tube or whatever. I've seen brands launch and I'm like, that looks like Rare Beauty. Uh There's a brand coming up that I'm like, that looks like Millie Bobby Brown's brand. Yep. You know what I mean? You have to differentiate yourself in so many ways. And packaging is actually a big part of that. Again, we don't think that packaging makes or breaks a product. But like, if it looks like everything else, how are people that haven't tried it going to be able to like remember your brand? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I love this. Create meaningful experiences for the launch. I think this is really important. Are we talking about this because we are beauty editors that are invited to the launch? It's like more meaningful for us because we like remember these brands and, you know, are more likely to like talk about it or write about it. I don't know. But I do think like the launch experiences then like translate to social and, you know, it's all a part of marketing, right? Like I'm trying to think of Kirby has them some written down here. So like yesterday, Gwen's lunch, that was like really, really special and very unique. 
you have here Rihanna's cocktail party. Was that the one in New York with all the like New York editors? It was very like intimate. Selena Gomez, when she launched, she did one-on-ones with everyone. We obviously had her on the podcast, which was really special. I remember when Tracy Ellis Ross launched Pattern in New York, she like got in the shower in front of all of the editors, which I was like so jealous. And I thought that was so cool. I know that like it's hard if you are in marketing or PR, well, maybe it's not hard, but like you just want to do a lunch or you just want to do a big party. But like there's so much opportunity to make it really, really special and unique and like the intention behind it. Like even yesterday with like having it at Gwen's like favorite childhood Italian restaurant, like that might not connect to beauty so much, but it like was so meaningful to her that it made it that much more special. And then with like the PR strategy of it all like for example the selena gomez having one-on-ones with us remember that (laughs) it is more meaningful to do one big story with one publication one podcast one writer than it is to do 20 in our opinion i'll give an example the mgk launch allure had the exclusive I spent three or four hours with him one-on-one together. And I felt like I was able to get a sense of who he is and what his brand is versus getting a pitch with a specific angle and then having the same story basically be run 800 different times. The story that I ended up writing got picked up by every other publication because of the interaction that we were able to have. Instead of thinking about 800 ways and what outlet should cover it this way, I just feel like you look at some of these headlines and it's like, this is not an exclusive. How is every outlet covering this launch in an exclusive way when they all have exclusives? That's not what an exclusive is. An exclusive is one outlet gets at least a day or two to share the news, right? Am I mistaken? No. I mean, that's how it used to be, right? Yeah. And I mean, we're not the only ones who think this way, obviously, like Amy O'Dell had that newsletter that she wrote about the Ariana Grande launch and how it could have been handled differently. And we agree. Like, I just think that like I even as like in my role at at Refinery29 are more likely to like be excited about Kirby's story and cover that than like be offered one of 20 interviews with MGK. So I want to sing Sarah's praises a little bit. Let's really pull back the curtain. I mean, Sarah can piss off people by not writing about a launch the day it's supposed to go live. I mean, that's just like a political thing that happens. But as beauty director, her responsibility is to make sure that the way they're covering a launch is unique to Refinery29, not just appeasing a publicist, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that you've done really well, saying no... (laughs) When they're like, are you planning on covering? You're like, no. How is this going to be different from anything else that everybody else is going to post on the same day? When everybody else is going to post the same thing on the same day, there's going to be a hierarchy of SEO. People are going to be fighting over like which link links to who and blah, blah, blah. You know, really, I think it's more effective when you have one really meaty, juicy story and then people credit that story and link back to the original. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Sarah, it's... Because of her discretion, I'm I'm talking about you like you're not here, but like because of your discretion, it's more meaningful when Refinery does cover a launch because you're not just covering every single thing that comes out. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
You're welcome. And I'm just an outsider over here. I'm just a freelancer <laughs> getting assignments. So I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you are not. You know what you're talking about. And you would do the same thing. Yes, I think too. You know, obviously I have love for Allure. I think that they also have to pick and choose because literally everybody wants Allure to cover their brand, right? Oh my God. Allure gets every exclusive first pick. First option is Allure always. But Jessica Cruel, I will say this, she's not playing around. The people that you may have seen in Allure in the past, this year I feel like it's going to be, they're getting Amanda Gorman on the cover. You know what I mean? Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Times are a changing. So make your press strategy. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to a celebrity. Make your press strategy actually meaningful. Spend a day with a reporter so they can really like get the essence of who you are, what your brand is, and what that white space is. That's our job to figure out. You can tell us through a press release or through like a 20-minute Zoom. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to actually translate to the people that you are hoping will buy your products. Mm -hmm. Just adding, like yesterday, I think only two or three of us were given like interview time with Gwen, which, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Anyways, I digress. And finally, think about who you're partnering with. In terms of selling, in terms of retail. Yes. Are you going to go the retail route? Or are you going to go direct to consumer? These are all things to think about. Listen, love Lady Gaga. House Labs should never have partnered with Amazon. I understand the reasoning behind it because she is a global sensation and she wants everybody to have access to her brand. But unfortunately, Amazon has a long way to go in terms of legitimizing their beauty offering. There are too many ways people can buy counterfeit, fake, or expired products on that site. Mm -hmm. So until Amazon comes out with Amazonia into the Amazonia or whatever, you know, specially, specially type of beauty retailer, she should have figured out the Sephora or Ulta of it all. Unfortunately. And, you know, Ulta and Sephora are not the only retailers that these brands can partner with, you know, like I still think that people love going to department stores. I know obviously Kohl's and Target have their respective partnerships with Sephora and Ulta, but um, Walmart is a great option. Yeah, just direct to consumer, but then making sure that there is an opportunity somewhere for your consumers to be able to experience your products in person. I think that was something that I, we keep talking about House Labs, but like not a lot of people got to like play and touch House Labs. And I think if they did, they would have been more excited about it because the products were actually really great. Yeah. I mean, I talk about their eyeliner all the time. I think it's like one of the best eyeliners out there, but I think it all comes down to like positioning and then access. Who's going to be able to try these products? If you are in LA, you better be hosting a pop-up at that box outside of Nordstrom. Figure that out. Especially if you're DTC for a long time, like make that happen. And, and find ways to get the actual consumer to be able to play with your product. Boxes, Ipsy. People, oh, yeah. Pe Honestly, y'all thought boxes were over. They're not. People are discovering brands even more now through Ipsy. Is Birchbox still a thing? Yeah. Wow. See, it's crazy. Yep. People love a box. Those are our notes. If y'all have any questions, Sarah and I are available for consulting. And by if y'all, <laughs> I mean 
professionals in the industry. <laughs> we hope this was insightful to the people listening who like just don't even care I know. about launching a brand and like want to learn more of the tea from behind the scenes. But I want to add one thing to the to what we were just talking about. I know some of you out there are probably rolling your eyes and like the number one tip for how to launch a celebrity brand is to not do it. You know, like, mm. but really, like, we're trying to be realistic here. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So that's why we are giving, our, you know, this advice and not that. It's like when we talk about clean. Clean is inevitable. People are going to use the term. We can't avoid it at this point. Yeah. But we can improve upon it. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson, and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.